Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. and welcome to Coaching Live. I am Performant. I am the Divisional President for High Trust Coaching. And I have with me one of our master level coaches, Suzanne Boder. Suzanne, welcome. Good morning. How are you this morning? Wonderful. Excited. Ready to go. Okay, terrific. Let's do this. So you know, today we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about referral partners. We're going to be talking about being back in the field again. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the market. But first, I thought we would talk a little bit about sales mastery, if that's okay with you, Suzanne. Yeah. So Suzanne, what was your, you know, I mean, I get on every coaching call with my coaching members and, you know, co- you know sales mastery is still such a buzz. We're still having amazing conversations around and probably will continue to. What was one of your highlights? Well, first of all, I missed getting together and having us all together, the energy that's around sales mastery, but we'll do it again. Yes, we will. The biggest takeaway for me is, you know, really drilling down back into the basics of, um, relationships mm-hmm. and how important your relationships are for the long run, long term, how you build your business, how you maintain your business. And for us in the field, how you know where your next paycheck's coming from. It's really important to to get into those relationships and make them that much stronger. And I think part of that was a real good discussion about time management and really focusing those time frames on building those relationships. Yeah, exactly. You know, I know when we get busy, we have a tendency, you know, which which we have been for the last several months, maybe even a right. couple of years, uh, we, we have a tendency to default, right? We have a tendency to default old, to old behavior. And that's almost like the worst thing we can be doing, you know, and we, we definitely and I know when the, with our coaching members we're keeping their eye on the ball. It's like, have you talked to your referral partners? Have you been engaging? Um, I don't want any one of our coaching members to be left holding the bag when this market shifts, right? Absolutely. You know, we constantly talk about what is your ratio between refinances and purchases and how are you still out in the market when others are not? We have been extremely busy. I mean, it's like businesses have falling into our laps over the last few months and we are taking it taking it in stride, like it's going to continue and it's not going to continue. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been in the business 32 years. I know what my bread and butter is, and that is my relationships. And uh, for those that are new, they don't necessarily know that. And they don't necessarily focus on that. And that as part of coaching is what we focus on is continuing to make those calls, continuing to have those conversations to keep the business coming in from our referral partners. Because, yeah, refinances are going to go away. They always do. Where are you going to be after that? Right. What's your market share? How are you focusing on your future? Yeah, you know, I, I can't agree with you more. And it, it is something, in, and I would imagine, and I want to say that during COVID, Suzanne, so many of our referral partners, our realtor partners really truly needed us. Absolutely. I, I think that they needed to have those conversations. They needed to say, okay, you know how to pivot 
I don't know how to pivot. How do I pivot? How can what we what can we be doing better? What is you know going on in the market? So I think as a referral partner, we're doing you know a great job as you know as a partner to them in helping them navigate through this environment. I would say absolutely, absolutely. The first few months, you know, we were extremely busy, but our referral partners, our real estate agents, were not busy. They, it, business seemed to just take a halt for them until things worked out and people realized that they could move and work remotely and. Next thing you know, you know, purchase business went crazy. But during the time that they were not busy, they needed to hear from us on how they can contact their database, how they can start working on referrals from um, people that they've worked on in the past. And they need to know that we're still there for them. We're not ignoring them and Mm -hmm. that our tools and our resources can only help and benefit them and their business. Mm -hmm. And we have tools at High Trust that are fantastic to give to those referral partners that they would have never have without us. Yeah, yeah, every, exactly. And it really kind of shifts. I know we talk a lot about at High Trust. We talk a lot about being moving from vendor to partner, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the elements of, you know, that we do or one of the strategies that we work on very different, you know, in- intently to make sure that we are not a vendor. We're not just, you know, another lender that we are their partner. And the way we come for partners to help them be as successful as they care to be, right? Right, absolutely. And I noticed with a lot of my um, coaching clients um, that are just really kind of starting out, they have to get the mindset of they're not salespeople. We're not here to sell anybody anything. We're here to provide a service and be the go-to for the information and the resources needed for not only our clients, but our referral partners. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get back to, you know, not being the vendor, but being the partner of our business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, so and and the thing is, it's also been I've been hearing and you may have been hearing it as well. I'm sure you have um, of some of our referral partners. Well, some of our coaching members are actually kind of firing some of their real estate agents, firing some of those relationships because maybe they're, you know, they're crazy makers. Maybe they're not really fully as invested in their businesses or the partnership as they, you know, as they need to be in order for it to be truly successful. What have you been hearing on that, Suzanne? Well, they're identifying who their referral partners are and who they want to do business with, and they're getting rid of the time suckers. Yeah. (laughs) The ones that call them in the middle of the night for, you know, a pre-approval letter when they know they're going to go send that client somewhere else or the client's already working with someone else and working with high trust. You really realize who is your power partner? Who is your referral partner? How do you get along with them? What traits are you looking for in order to make that connection? And honestly, not everybody's right for you. Mm -hmm. And you have to identify that and have those hard conversations. So when you're doing, you're out there doing high trust sales conversations You're learning who these people are and identifying what their needs are, what they want from you, and whether or not that's a good fit. Mm -hmm. That's why we're constantly talking to our referral partners and, you know, asking them high trust questions and making sure we're all on the same page. We all understand each other and realize that, you know, we are partners here. I don't work for you. Mm -hmm. I work with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Suzanne, you know, and I think that that is the magic in the high trust interview. And um, when you go in with that mindset, it's it's to obviously you're going into that interview to understand better what success looks like to that referral partner. What does you know, how, how you know, how what are their core values? 
Um, right. How do they feel about their your clients? How are they taking care of their clients? What's important to them in working with a lender? And 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 you are interviewing them just as much as you you know they are maybe perhaps interviewing you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's key questions, key, key questions, and getting to know who that person really is on a deeper level, not just business, but personally, and what's important to them personally, as well as professionally. Mm-hmm. And that's not only where you learn whether or not you want to do business with them and whether or not you're a good fit, but how you build that relationship. You know, we all have client barbecues and thank you for business um, parties and so on. And that's where we really get into you know, who we are and who they are and what's important to them and making that connection. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I'd love that. So Suzanne, we're kind of, market is shifting a little bit and we're starting to see that we need to start, you know, having those conversations with our referral partners if we aren't already. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me, what are some of the challenges that you're finding with some of our coaching members in um, getting back out in the field and engaging in those conversations? Yeah, well, you know, some markets are really slowing down and business isn't falling into your lap. And I'm finding that a lot of these um, that my clients are feeling that fear of failure, which is really brought into call reluctance. We have to get back to making those phone calls again and feeling good and comfortable about making those phone calls. They haven't been contacting their database like they should. And making those calls now almost feels awkward to them after six months, eight months, however long, you know, they've been super busy and they're kind of nervous. What do I say? What do I do? How do I approach this? You know, it's like any relationship. I haven't talked to you in a while. Hi, I'm still here. Yeah. We're finding that 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 fear of failure is creeping back in again. And we've got to have those conversations about how, to make those those calls and have those conversations. And I think one of the best things about high trust is we've got scripts to help with that. Mm-hmm. Practice these scripts. It's like, you know, it's like second nature, making those phone calls and making everyone on the line feel comfortable and doing it. And mm-hmm. we're really working on call right. reluctance right. and making those calls and setting a goal and getting through it. And, you know, it's like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yes. Um, (laughs) Right. So right now it's about going back to the basics, making those calls and connecting with our database because, you know, some people are slowing down and they're thinking, holy moly, what Mm -hmm. am I next? And this is these the tools that we have have really helped them get past that. Right. And several of our markets are really picking up on the purchase, you know, in the, in the purchase environment. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing more from our coaching members that, you know, where maybe a month or two ago, they were 60, 40, you know, maybe even 80, 20, you know, right. buy to purchase yeah. um, that, that, that is shifting. And that is telling me that my coaching member is out talking to the referral partners is out taking advantage of the, the purchase market that is very, very active right now. Yeah. And uh, so, they're getting closer to 50-50. Some of them are doing an even better job, Suzanne. Some of them are 80-90% purchase, which is a super smart thing in my my arena. Yeah, absolutely. And as coaches, you know, we've been talking about this for months. We know what's going to happen and making them very aware of their ratio between purchase and refinances and, you know, where's this going to go and, and be aware of this. Not many people are knowledgeable about where their business is coming from. They're just, you know, head to the grindstone and keep moving and get this done 18 hour days and so on. But those 18 hour days are going to stop 
And Mm -hmm. we have to start focusing on the purchase market again. And as coaches, you know, we've been really talking about that for months now. Um, how to not be left behind, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not be the last one knocking on the door right. your referral partner when your other, you know, competitors are out there doing the same thing, maybe earlier and in different ways. Yeah. I think that that is the, you know, that is the difference in what we teach at high trust is being intentional about mm-hmm. our business and, and not being at the effect of our business. And, you know, and, and I think that that's a very, very, you know, distinction. That's the distinction between what we do at High Trust and High Trust Coaching and what we teach from the, from High Trust Selling and our methodologies and our business approaches is to be proactive, to be intentional and strategic about, about our business so that no matter what is going on in the marketplace, we're going to win. Yes. And that's where we go back to the time blocking calendar. And we should all be using that from, you know, years ago, months ago to mm-hmm. not only stay in the business of refinances, but to take that time and only that time to focus on what we need to do to be in front of our referral partners mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and be consistent about it, consistency, keeping it going. Always. So, Suzanne, you talked a little bit about uh, call reluctance and fear of failure. How do you get past that? How are we coaching our coaching members to that? Well, some of them I'll do role play and um, conversations as if, you know, I'm the client or I'm the loan officer and get them a little bit comfortable with what they're saying. And then we make a goal. We start out with their A plus clients and uh, the people that already know, love and trust us to make those warm calls to get used to making those warm calls. And in Todd's High Trust book, you know, there's a whole chapter about call reluctance and, and uh, fear of failure and Failure should be something we learn through, not something to fear. You know, if we fail on something, we have to look back and say, okay, well, how can we do that better next time? Mm-hmm. Instead of repeating that process. Mm-hmm. And by learning that, you get better at your craft, better at what you do. And uh, realizing that, okay, I failed at that, but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to look at it a different way instead of shrinking away and not trying again. You know, a lot about that, about how we learn from these mistakes, because we all make mistakes, right? Yeah. And you have to just kind of eat crow every once in a while, but at least you're you're admitting it, you're confronting it, you're acknowledging it, and you're learning from it and and moving forward. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and it's so true. And I think that, you know, I had read, and I'm trying to remember where I read it, or if I heard someone say it on Sales Mastery, is that if you're not failing, you're not growing. Absolutely. Right. If you're not failing, you're not growing. Absolutely. I've had a couple of my clients bring failures to me and we talk about it. And how did that go? What could you have done differently? And sometimes it's about systems. Mm-hmm. Systems implementing new systems, better systems than what they're working with to avoid those type of failures. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think part of the failure is that we're so busy, we're not connecting with our borrowers and our real estate agents because we don't have time to just give them an update, just give them a phone call and say, I don't have anything to tell you. I'm just letting you know that you're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. And we should always be the one to make the first phone call. 
Mm-hmm. We didn't have our clients contacting us. What what's happening? What's the status? I'm you know I don't think you're paying attention to me. That right. should never happen. We should make that time mm-hmm. to make those phone calls. And if we're too busy to do it, you mm-hmm. have assistance. You have somebody else that can do it. Mm-hmm. And at least somebody is touching base with those people when they're eight weeks, nine weeks, twelve weeks, and underwriting for a refinance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to let them know you're still top of mind and you're in the process. I don't have anything to tell you yet, but mm-hmm. at least you know, I'm still here. Yeah, exactly. And, and that means, it means a lot because then, you know, you don't want anybody wondering, right? You don't want anybody saying, Oh, I wonder what's happening with this, or I wonder what's happening with that, you know, and, and, and they're not really looking for, you know, necessarily movement and um, you know, but there may be, they're just looking for that, you know, for that connection and for that type okay. Point to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I just want to let you know what's happening. So, you know, so we we talk about the call reluctance. And I was talking to a coaching member yesterday, and um, she has made several attempts to do a uh, to do a um, you know a high trust interview with a new agent relationship. And um, she's made several attempts, and you know, made a few calls. And the agent, you know, has not given her an appointment. The agent is referring her business. Um, but she's not given her appointment. And, you know, and so th- I think that that is a, 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 some, a, some, a default that we kind of fall into that we maybe we don't need to do the high trust interview. Maybe we don't need to do that face to face because, well, the agents are already referring business to me. Don't get lulled into that. Why right. is that? Right. Right. Don't get lulled into that. And if you can't get that high trust interview or even just one five minute phone call to talk about one question on the interview, become their resource. Drop off something really cool like the six thousand dollar egg book that uh, you know shows them what customer service is all about. Mm-hmm. Send them a resource that um, somebody else isn't sending them on how to manage their database or time management or something to be a little more in their in their face, in their world, and being more than just, hey, I just want your business. I just want a phone call with you. It's about providing a service for them. And they'll warm up. They're busy. Yeah. They're super busy. And unfortunately, so many markets, we still can't walk in to an office and talk to people. We can't get together for coffee or a drink after work. We've got to have that phone call. And it's hard for some people to to make that time. They just feel like they don't need to because agents are super busy right now too. Yeah. And yeah. referral partners, they're super busy. They think they don't need that. But if they're still referring business to you, then you know you're doing something right. Well, step up a little bit and do something even better and different to be that resource and provide them with something that they don't already have. Yeah. So what, you know, sometimes what that tells me is maybe the agent doesn't find that making that appointment is important. So maybe the way, you know, so I'll always be asking, well, how are you asking for the appointment? What, what is that conversation sounding like? We have scripts for that, Mm -hmm. right? Setting those appointments. And, you know, if the agent feels as though it's important to them to have, to have that conversation, to have that Zoom meeting, which is actually a little bit easier than meeting for coffee, I'm just saying. And, um, um, and then, you know, to make sure that they're, they're understanding how important that is, because once they get into a true high trust interview, with, you know, with a, you know, with, uh, with one of our, with, with a mortgage lender, they're going to go, oh my God, I had no idea how important this conversation was. I've never had a conversation like this with a referral, with a lender. Um, Thank you. I haven't even thought about what my plans are for 2021, you know, and those types of things. And they come away being glad 
that they've had that appointment with you, being happy that they had that conversation with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they feel more connected to you. Yes. Deeper level. And then we learn from those conversations what their needs are to be able to provide assistance with those needs and that partner that they've never had before. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So talk to me a little bit about um, what it's been like for you to be a coach for high trust coaching, Suzanne. Totally fun. <laughs> so a little bit about me and my background. I've been doing this for 32 years. And if anybody's counting, I started when I was 12 years old. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, you know, a few years ago and, and attending sales mastery and so on and so forth, I realized that I needed something to, to make me more energetic and um, not feel burnout about my business. After all, mm -hmm. these years, I've done everything from, you know, being an originator to being a business owner and uh, having you know huge offices and so on to back now doing just what I enjoy and going through coaching. I did coach for or coaching or someone coached me for a year and it was great. And we both realized, you know, well, like, maybe you should be doing this. And mm -hmm. what I've gotten out of it is, I'm giving back. I'm helping others that don't see things the way I see them mm -hmm. do better in their business. And we have aha moments. That is super cool. I get a phone call feeling fantastic that I've helped somebody do something that they never thought of doing before that's going to help their business. Yes. You know, I feel like I've seen it all, done it all. And uh, I want to share that. Yeah, exactly. Well, you bring you bring such immense value, Suzanne, you know, to our coaching faculty, you have every every quality that we need in our high trust coaches. And that is, you know, experience, actively engaged in the business, wanting to give back has savvy professional you're super, you know, accomplished. So, you know, we thank you so much for your time and the and that you invest in our coaching members. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about 2021. What should we be thinking about? This is what mid-October or third week in October. Um, what we should we be thinking about to position ourselves well in 2021? I almost feel it's like going back to the basics. Yeah. Doing our um, doing our business plan. How many people do you need to talk to per day to close the amount of business you want to close for the year? And then being realistic about 2021. You know, 2020 has been a record year for so many people. We've done just an amazing amount of business, but that's not normal. So where do you want to be um, to get to maybe where you are today mm -hmm. next year? And mm -hmm. what does that look like? So doing that business plan and starting now mm -hmm. is it's it's crucial. It's figuring out how many people you need to talk to. Where's that business coming from um, at master level? What's your team like? Who are they and how can they benefit you and maybe restructuring a few things? Mm -hmm. So looking to 2021, even though you know we're getting into the holidays and so on, this is the time to do it and be realistic and get with your team, find out what their goals and motivations are to be able to help you as either a leader or someone who just you know is originating and working with a processing team and so on to get to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think we've have gone, you know, even in our busyness for this past year, we've learned a lot about ourselves. And, you know, we should be taking note of what we've learned, you know, what we've done well, um, maybe what we haven't done so well that maybe we'd like to do better, different. Right. Um, and, you know, and what we want to, you know, I mean, one of the things that, you know, that I've been thinking a lot about is what do I want to be bringing into 2021? And you talked a minute about team, 
Suzanne, and, you know, and, and making sure that you're positioned and looking at your team and saying is, you know, do I have the right team in place? And do I need another person to be accomplishing what it is that I want to accomplish in 2021? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, let's not start looking for that person, you know, in December or January, let's start putting that together now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And looking at your team and what their strengths have been through this unprecedented time and maybe repositioning some people or repositioning the tasks or developing new systems that will work better in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's just such an eye opener that we've gone through in the last six, eight months or so mm-hmm. of how we work, yeah. how we do things and mm-hmm. what our systems and, and team um, can provide for us. Because, you know, honestly, as loan officers, we don't want to work 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not fun. <laughs> yeah. So how do we change that to 2021? How do we get back out there in the field or Zoom or however you do it to mm-hmm. do best? Because most of us in our in this business are really, you know, people person. Mm-hmm. We want to get out there and see people. We don't want to stand behind, you know, a desk and do paperwork. So mm-hmm. how do we fix that? Mm-hmm. And just working on that. And you know, one of the things that we're talking to a lot of or I'm talking to my clients about is the top 20 life assessment. For 2021. Yes. Yeah, right. Bring that back. We did it earlier this year. And that focuses on not only our business goals, but our professional goals. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what do we want in our lives for next year to bring calm and balance into our life mm-hmm. and really assess how we've done that this year? And we're finding a lot of people have done, you know, not much as far as promoting their own self. Um, actualization and who they are and what they want from their life. Just going to yoga, get to the gym, work out again. (laughs) (laughs) It's important for our mental state to take care of ourselves first. Exactly. And I would imagine, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And, and, you know, it's something that we're doing right now in coaching is we're kind of going through a review of the life mastery uh, top 20 that we in our coaching members did at the beginning of the year. And a lot of it is just kind of fallen off the table. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a good time to be kind of re you know, kind of re-reviewing that and saying, you know, before the year is over, I, I'm going to at least execute on this, make 1% as you know, as um, as as James Clear talks about that one percent improvement, I'm going to at least make a one percent improvement between now and the end of the year. Yes, yes, yeah. and for, you know, determining one thing that you really want to focus on, whether it's family relationships that uh, you haven't had the time to focus on, well, you know, what's important to you? Mm-hmm. What's really important to you? Yeah. So when all this goes away, what are you left with? Right, <laughs> <laughs> you're left with you know yourself and the people you love. And that has to that has to be a, an important part of your life and your business and you know everything you do every day. Yeah. So let me ask you a question on this, and this is you know kind of out of left field. So you know I love talking to you, Suzanne, and you know I love having these conversations with you. And and I'm wondering as we're doing our life mastery review, should we be having a conversation with our family, saying, "What would you like to see have happen?" Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I would have a spouse or significant other do their own life, um, top 20 life assessment, and Mm -hmm. compare the two and find out what's important to this person Mm -hmm. to care about as well as what's important to you. One Mm -hmm. of the clients that I've talked about who's had a record year, he um, told me yesterday that he met a personal goal of a paycheck 
of 1.1 million gross dollars for the year. Wow. That's great, but yeah. what's happening with your family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what's, what's your goal for your family and your, your life and your wife and your future? And we sat down and talked about a 20-year goal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. together with his wife. And we thought, wow, I really need to do that. You know, yeah. it's great We're doing all this and making all this money, but where are we going to go with it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's interesting because we, you know, in, in coaching, we do kind of keep our, our members, you know, we kind of keep their eye on the ball. So I'm seeing a lot of our coaching members that are that are positioning themselves. You know, that are, you know, moving maybe to, you know, a place where they can have more family time and repositioning themselves, becoming maybe dual state. Um, I have some coaching members that, you know, that are, you know, making, they are thinking about these things and they are making these shifts and changes and, and looking at it. And it's just really kind of fun to see them, how well they're positioning themselves. You know, and I had um, a fairly new coaching member ask me not too long ago, well, you know, aren't all of your coaching members insanely busy? And I said, yes, they are. They are insanely busy, but I think they're a little bit better positioned. I think they're they're a little bit better able to manage the capacity and the volume and all of the challenges that have come along with, you know, not only the volume, but COVID and everything else. And it may be a little, little bit better equipped, maybe I should say, to yeah. uh, to really take advantage of this, would you say? Yeah, and they brought in the teams and the people on their team that they need to help them with those things that they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And isn't the whole point of our job as coaches to show people how to work smarter, not harder? Yes. We should be working in a smarter way to be able to not work as many hours Absolutely. as we do and be able to take that Friday afternoon off to coach your kids' basketball team, um, to spend time with your wife, have a lunch, you know, a date night a day evening or whatever, that's what it's all about. It's not about always just the numbers. It's about how are you going to make those numbers work for you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. How are you going to get, make those numbers work for you? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, I think we should, we should kind of, kind of end with that. How are we going to make these numbers work for us? Right. And ask, just ask yourself that question. Ask that yourself the question that Suzanne just posed to everyone that's listening or will be listening. Um, you know, how are we going to make those dollars work for you? So I love that, Suzanne. Um, I am always on, you know, on the hunt for qualified, you know, coaches like Suzanne. And um, so, you know, obviously our, our coaches have to be, you know, they're a unique profile. So if you're interested in being coming a high trust coach, you want to find out more about what it's like to be a high trust coach and what it takes to be to qualify, shoot me an email. Let me know that you're interested. I'd love to have that conversation with you. Um, for those of you that are thinking about coaching or kind of on the fence about coaching and just want to hear a little bit more about our program, get a free coaching consultation. Talk to one of our coach consultants. They'll walk you through exactly what, you know, where the, where, what the program is. Kind of talk to you where you are and how we can help you get where you want to be. So just go to, you know, hightrustcoaching.com and schedule a free coaching call. I would love to have that conversation with you. Suzanne, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, This has been so much fun. We should do this more often. It's always fun. (laughs) It's always a great conversation. um, Becoming a coach, one of the best parts about it is you get to work with other fantastic people who are coaches. And I've made tremendous relationships and friendships from this with other coaches and have become my mentors as well. So it's a great experience. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very true. We, we end up with a very, very um, high level club, right? Yeah. 
Yep. And thanks to you, Hope, because you put it all together and you match up very well. And your coaches to the system. Yeah, exactly. Well, we, you know, it's funny when I came on board um, working with Todd and taking over the division, I had the pleasure of talking to the coaches that were already on staff. And I did one-on-ones with all of them. Each one of them, you know, made time for me to have that conversation with them. And I got off, you know, the the phone with each one of those coaches that I first started having those conversations. And I called Todd and I said, you have got an amazing group of people that have engaged as coaches. I want to maintain that same culture. And um, so every time I bring on a new coach, that's what I'm listening for. I'm listening for, are you going to fit the culture? And and are you going to fit that profile of being that super amazing individual? (laughs) Absolutely. Get something out of it for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So so I'm going to end end our call today or end our podcast today. Is there anything you want to make sure everybody is aware of today? Just be aware of your conversations, who you're talking to and what you're saying. Yes. Excellent. Okay, terrific. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. And we will be back on next week for High Trust Coaching Live. And I look forward to seeing you then. In the meantime, have an outstanding week. You too. Take care, Hope. All right, dear.